Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is July 15th, 2023. Hopefully this episode finds you well in good spirits and high hopes. Uh, as for me, I'm doing pretty good. We're starting off our Saturday morning pretty nice. Decided to say, hey, you know what? I'm up. It's nice and early. I got nothing to do. And I took a little walk. Uh, also, I got lucky. I beat the rain. Apparently, it's supposed to like rain off and on today. A little weather for you, local local Cincinnatians. I guess I can say there. Um, but yeah, uh, haven't. There's there's no food corner really to report. Sadly, you know nothing. Well, I did. Um, I did like these pork noodles the other night with rice, and I added uh, fried chicken to it. So that was that was good. It was yummy. I'm not gonna say that it wasn't with some egg rolls. So that was good. But nah, I wouldn't say it's too wild. It wasn't like super interesting or anything like that. Just another day, another Friday. But let's see here. What do we have for this for Saturday's docket? All right, we're loaded up. Speaking of loaded up, I'm gonna do my thing, and we can get into some news. From NPR, you could still be eligible for student loan forgiveness under this plan. So, uh, there's been some chitter chatter post uh, the Supreme Court uh, striking down Biden's student loan forgiveness. Y'all know I was pretty butthurt about that. Uh, just, just, just from like I, I don't have any skin in the game, but it just upsets me. It upsets me because it's yet again another L from this administration. A fucking broken, false-ass fucking promise that he couldn't fucking deliver. And it's annoying to see that conservatives just literally just get to run rush-shot on ideas like that. So, you know, I've been hearing, you know, he had said, like, hey, we're going we're gonna to come up with some stuff, Jack. We're going we're gonna to get to it. And uh, this is the plan. So I wanted to, you know, kind of get into it. Uh, not too deep. I mean, there's a lot of numbers, and y'all know I don't like fucking numbers. But, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll do our best. Uh, The Supreme Court may have struck down President Biden's plan for sweeping student loan forgiveness, but another plan could gradually achieve similar uh, results is in the works. In fact, millions of borrowers can begin to benefit from it as early as this fall when they are expected to begin making monthly loan payments after a three-year pause. Now, this new plan is not nearly as like nice and simple like i know that there are some people that were mad that biden chose to do the heroes act plan like he chose that route which was way more radical and way more susceptible to get blown out by the supreme court but at the end of the day like they were gonna go after it no matter what it kind of doesn't matter and it was a very flashy like hey i'm just gonna snap my fingers and we're gonna use our power to get rid of your debt like, that's amazing. So I understand how enticing that is and why you'd kind of want to go for that. 
Now, this plan, which I believe is using the Higher Education Act, or at least it's like it's branched from that that thought process of saying, hey, like we can help people manage their debt. We can make this easier for them because they clearly like they cannot afford it. We need to make this more palatable for them to live. So essentially, it is um, going to be a revised version of the repay system that was already in place which uh, stood for Revised Pay-As-You-Earn Plan, um, which is now going to become the SAFE plan, and um, which was, let me read it, Saving on Valuable Education, uh, which will save borrowers thousands of dollars by keeping their monthly payments as small as $0 while preventing interest from exploding um, what they owe. Now, this is where it starts to get complicated, right? Because I'm hearing $0 a month, and I'm like, that's dope. I'm listening. Uh, because we, you're now in a situation where you have to pay come October. But let's see. I think the way that more or less is going to be restructured is um, repayment plans include an income floor uh, below which the government says, oh, you don't have to make any payments. We think that's money you need to live for food, for gas, for things of that nature. The income is essentially exempt. So I think it's a rescaling of like how they're looking at it. So it's based off of your income. And it's like, oh, well, clearly we can't take from you. If we took from you, it would make it impossible for you to live. Uh, that's very conscious. It's very aware. It's almost, it's almost social. I mean, not, but it, it makes sense. And I like that. So, but at the end of the day, you're still going to have to pay. Um, especially if you are above this income floor. Um, and I've already heard like, you know, I've seen some friends on the internet, you know, talk about it. It's like, oh, great. I'm so glad like the new plan is that I have to keep paying you guys and, you know, I just pay less. But, I mean, I will say it is, I'm, try, I'm trying to say it's above a quarter percent, you know? It's like it's above 25% in terms of savings. So it is a substantial amount, but I agree. At the end of the day, it's still way too goddamn much. Like, oh, thank you for allowing me to save like $6,000, $4,000 on this loan, but I still have to pay so much money on this loan, and the economy is so fucking dog shit, and it keeps getting worse and worse and worse, so I'm still drowning here, but thanks. Thanks for, you know, the candy-coated lifesaver <laughs> that you threw into the ocean for me. Um, I, I understand that sentiment. Uh, that being said, another thing I have a problem with is I don't feel safe. Like, I, I don't feel safe even talking about this shit because we all know this is going to get attacked. This is going to be in court. Like, there's no shot. It's not. And, like, NPR, bless their hearts, you know, they try to make it, you know, as sterile as they can. And they try to say, like, look, like, this this is the plan that they're really rolling out. Like, you know, they, they give you all the zeros and ones and all that fucking shit. But they also say, like, well, I mean, is it possible that this could, you know, be disputed in court? And they're like, anything is possible. And it's like, exactly, exactly, dude. Um, Because we all know conservatives are going to fight this shit tooth and nail. They're like, what? Save money for people? You want people to live? Nah, I I want survival of the fittest. I want the 1% to make some money. (laughs) Let's let's stop that. Cut it out. All right. Um... Let's go ahead and move on. I, I've cooked this enough, I think. Uh, let's see here. Let's see. Um, 
this is this is sad shit. This is intense shit. Um, yeah, you know how I've kind of been saying like, yeah, like serial killers are not done. They are definitely a fucking thing. Uh, this this like took me back to a place, but yet at the same time, that place is 2010, and I'm like, oh shit. I mean, like I thought we were going back to like the 80s. We're talking like Night Stalker type shit. Like no, like this is some serial killer ass fucking shit. So I wanted to talk about it. It's big news uh, from NBC News. Gilgo Beach Murders, a demon that walks among us, amongst us, charged in Long Island serial killings, um, which is architect Rex Heuerman, 59, pleaded not guilty Friday to first degree and second degree murder and the deaths of three women. And honestly, that is just the tip of the iceberg. Uh, so let's get into it. More than a decade after 11 bodies were found on Long Island and a year after he came onto officials' radar as a potential suspect, a New York architect was charged in the Gilgo Beach murders, a series of killings of mostly young women. Um, I mean... I, I was just so shocked to, like, get these notifications because I was like, one, where's Gilgo Beach? I've never fucking heard of it. I'm not a beach guy. But two, to know that, like, so many people have been murdered. And also, I, I have a picture of it in the thumbnail. But that being said, I, I feel like the picture doesn't do it justice, especially to kind of how things kind of wind up unraveling in the aspect of this this killing. But essentially, the beach is kind of on this long strip of highway. At least it's, like, against it, or that, that runs, like, through it, whatever. Um, and, you know, there's a graph in this article, um, but essentially it kind of shows, like, here are all... They show eight bodies, that, and that's what they could find. Like, there are more that haven't been found, at least... So, I mean, this shit is so intense, y'all. Um, but essentially, of these 11, I believe the focus is going to be on about three or four. And they're calling them the Gilgo Four. But Herman is charged with the slayings of Melissa Bar Barthlemy, 24, Megan Waterman, 22, and Amber Lynn Costello, 27. The investigation into the death of Maureen Bernard Barnes, who was, 25, who was 25, is ongoing. Um, but Hewerman is considered the prime suspect um, in the disappearance and death. Um, there's substantial evidence, which I'm glad they mentioned evidence. It reminds me. Um, but, I mean, there's definitely, like, an M.O. Like, that he sticks to. Like, he would wrap all of the women in like this like burlap camouflage tape also he winds up implicating himself because there's a female strand of hair that doesn't belong to any of the victims that is found on um i, I think at least one of the bodies and that female strand of hair is Hewerman's wife so that is a big connection. Big shout outs to DNA. Fucking big shout outs to DNA technology. You're coming in very clutch here. But like these things link this guy to them. I and mean, that's why they were very certain that Hurman was the guy. They just needed to make sure that they like 
did all their P's and Q's and T's and shit. You know what I mean? Like, because I don't know. I, I, I've said this before. I listened to, uh, I've said this before. I say it again. The big thing that really got me into podcasting was, well, there's two things. Nerd shit, because I listened to Wizard and the Bruiser. But then what really kept me in was, like, the true crime shit that I kept, like, coming across. Because it just was way easier to listen to these kind of stories as opposed to, like, visually watch them, which would give me, like, nightmares. <laughs> but... Like, DNA just links all of these things in such a way that makes it so different. Sorry, I'm in the, I'm in the weeds now. Like, this is a lot. Uh, but um, Human Who Lives in Massapequa Park was also linked to the homicide. Oh, I said this with the hair. Um, also, he had burner phones uh, that he was using because another tie here was that these were all sex workers. And... Um, he would use burner phones to kind of contact them and he would throw the phones away in uh, Marsapequa Park and they were able to tie him there. But, um, yeah, I mean, obviously, obviously this is all alleged, but at the same time, uh, they were very certain about this. They, that was a point I kind of got lost in. They were very meticulous about this because they didn't want to fuck shit up. Like, I've listened to so many times and time again where you hear these bumbling cops. They literally pull a person over, and it's like, they just got done doing a serial killing. And it's like, oh, they let him go. like Or they, they bungle up shit in the evidence retrieval, and it gets blown out. Like, it seems like the cops here were really diligent. And that was the point I really wanted to try to make. <laughs> Maybe it's hard for me to give the cops props. <laughs> but it seems like they were very, like good about keeping shit under wraps um, in terms of, like, all the subpoenas, warrants, and all that kind of shit. So this does seem pretty airtight. Also, that's probably why they're focusing on the three instead of, like, all of the 11 bodies that I mentioned at the top of this. Uh, so, I mean, this is this is big. It's big shit that kind of dropped this week. Um, there was just something so almost otherworldly about this because i just i feel like this isn't a common thing to hear serial killer news this big um that's been going on for so long uh but apparently i think this started from 2010 um from like a 911 call from shannon gilbert uh let's see here if i can find at the end of this article oh and in here this is the um i'm reading it now but they have like a graph and it shows like the eight bodies that they found um, along with like when they were found because they weren't found all at once. But it, you can see like there's clusters and it's just crazy that like he just had this method and was able to just do it again and again and again. Uh, let's see here. I do want to get to Sharon Gilbert though at the end. Um, in May of 2022, Suffolk county police released 911 audio related to gilbert's disappearance she initially called 911 from inside the home of a client joseph brewer in oak beach shortly before 5 a.m in 2010 there's somebody after me she told the, the dispatcher multiple times somebody's after me please gilbert didn't specify where she was but she where she was but said she was on long island 
At times during the 911 call, Brewer and her driver and security, Michael Pock, uh, were heard speaking, uh, trying to get her out of Brewer's home. Come on, let's go. We'll all go outside, Brewer was heard saying. Gilbert said, please, uh, get me out of here, Mike. Now, I think more or less after that, she was then found dead, uh, I think, like years later. Or maybe a year later, I'm not sure. I'm kind of in the weeds here. But um, this was um, kind of the the spark that people realized, like, okay, like we can run this thread now, and I think we're going to like link all of these bodies now that we're finding all these bodies. Because, um, yeah, I want to say that happened in 2010, and then throughout the process, like 2011, I think they found her body in December maybe. But um, they just kept finding more and more. Uh, but yeah, I mean, I'm going to find it on the chart. No, it's not on this chart, but this is a big deal. Big story. I know this is definitely kind of scuffed. Sorry about that. But, um, there'll be more in terms of the, the trial, like, uh, he, he was crying Rex Heuerman and he says like, oh, I didn't do it. Like, you know, I didn't do this. His defense said, you know, oh, he said this through tears, all the evidence is circumstantial, Obviously, we'll be definitely touching this again. So, scuffed as it is, we'll definitely be hopefully giving you better coverage in the future. Because, um, yeah, this is a big deal. Big case. Also, just to kind of hop skip, Caleb Rogers, uh, the casino heister, it looks like he is going to, he was found guilty um, in federal you know, court. And it looks like he's going to be facing life, like a life sentence. So we'll see. I don't know if I'm going to necessarily cover any more beyond that, but I wanted to catch that and just, you know, let you know. And and more or less, I, I think the biggest thing here is, I, I mentioned it in the when I covered it, it's the fact that he pulled out a gun. Like, and it seems that it really was the last time that he had to do that. And it jammed his ass up now because it's like, look, dude, now we know you have a gun. And uh, that makes this whole thing even worse for you. <laughs> Not to say that he would have been like let off with like a slap on the wrist, but it's like way less of a sentence if you don't bring a weapon to the heist. Um, so that uh, backfired for uh, Mr. Rogers. All right, another story. Also not too savory. Trigger warning. Uh, child abuse, sex abuse, that kind of shit. So... Uh, I got this from Global News. I believe it was initially reported in NBC News as of like July 6th. It's kind of like an older story, but I wanted to cover it um, before it got too cold. Uh, 14-year-old, and I, I, this is Global News, I don't know if I said that, sorry. Uh, 14-year-old girl missing for two weeks found in Marine Barracks was sold, says aunt. A 14-year-old who went missing from her family's home outside San Diego was found by military police inside the barracks at Marine Corps Base Camp Pendleton. A U.S. Marine was taken into custody for questioning in connection with the incident, though no charges have been filed thus far, which is uh, concerning. Uh, The girl was said to have run away from her grandmother's house in the Spring Valley area on June 9th, though she wasn't reported missing until June 13th. The grandmother reported to the deputies that the teen had previously run away before, 
but always uh, returned home quickly. The 14-year-old was then located nearly three weeks later on June 28th inside Camp Pendleton's barracks. Uh, let's see here. Th that was the same day that Cassandra Perez, who identified herself as the 14-year-old's aunt, posted a TikTok claiming her niece was raped at the Marine barracks and was sold at a or sold to a service member for sex. The military is trying to cover it up and place the majority of the blame on her. However, the reality is the whole facility allowed this to happen, Perez says in a video. Uh, she did not provide any evidence to corroborate her claims. The security looked her in the face and allowed this man to bring a minor onto the base where he proceeded to have sex with her. Due to her age, she could not, ha she could not have given this consent. Perez notes that her niece has learning disabilities. So, in all, this is a very sordid case. Uh, the NCIS is handling the investigation as Camp Piddleton is a, is a Marine base. The San Diego Sheriff's Department and San Diego Human Trafficking Task Force are supporting the investigation. Uh, we can confirm that a Marine with Combat Logistics Battalion 5, 1st Marine Logistics Group, was taken into custody for questioning by NCIS on June 28th. Um, but the incident is under investigation and we will continue to cooperate with the NCIS and appropriate authorities. Um, so yeah, I mean, this was, it's, it's, it's surreal. It's very weird. Um, uh, it's weird that like, at the same time, I'm I'm hearing all this week all this like controversy about like a show called movie called like the saw what the sound of freedom, where they're talking about human trafficking and like how this is so bad and like you know why isn't why isn't why aren't everyone talking about this movie why aren't we supporting this why aren't we fighting human trafficking child abuse is is uh, is terrible but yet like this isn't a talked about story here right now and i i don't hear any conservatives talking about that instead they're talking about like ac fucking problems in their amc and how there's a conspiracy there um which is part of why like, i'm always torn it's like oh I, I do love to cover that cushy shit but like I am drawn to current events. I am drawn to these news because I feel like that's the shit that matters the fucking most. Uh, I mean, that being said, I don't know if we're going to get any fucking answers here. It doesn't seem like it. It seems crazy, you know, that there hasn't been any, you know, charges filed yet. Clearly, we we have a suspect in this. Something happened. Like, you don't just run away and the next thing you know, you wind up at a military base and it's not like, oh, we're immediately calling your guardians, your parents, whatever, to send you home. Like, what the fuck? Like, this is a big fucking problem. This is some, like, true detective ass shit to me. Um, not to be fucking dramatic or whatever. Um, so yeah, like, to me, this is more important than the sound of fucking freedom. <laughs> I, sorry, I, I couldn't help myself. I did want to kind of talk about that a little bit before uh, we move on to the last thing. But, um, yeah, it's a crazy world we're fucking living in. Um, that I find to be very disturbing, upsetting. But, um, yeah, hopefully uh, I get an update that is positive to give y'all. <laughs> but who knows? Who fucking knows? I hope this shit doesn't go on the hush. All right. I got one more thing to cover. But you know what I'm going to do here.
Oh. Our last article comes from the MSNBC. Um, I will say it is, <coughs> excuse me, it's an opinion <coughs> article, but um, essentially I just kind of wanted to talk about it because um, it's Supreme Court related shit. <coughs> but um, don't downplay Sonia Sotomayor's poor conduct. Fix it. Um, essentially, this is over a controversy about her pushing some books. Uh, maybe a bit too forcibly, some might think or say, and I might tend to agree. But uh, let's go ahead and dive in. Another Supreme Court ethics controversy emerged Thursday after the Associated Press reported that the Supreme Court Justice Soda, Sonia Sotomayor her staff routinely prodded libraries, universities, and other public institutions to buy her books ahead of speaking appearances and that she failed to recuse herself from legal cases involving her book publisher. Given that the Supreme Court has no binding ethics code, Sotomayor, whose salary is over $285,000 a year, didn't violate any laws, but her staff's efforts uh, represent a use of public resources to pr privately enrich an already well-paid servant, um, and they wouldn't be allowed in Congress or the executive branch, a.k.a. you can't have, like, Biden can't have his staff aides do, like, um social media press shit like on their own page for him like do kind of like pushing and things like that they're supposed to be there to help him run the office just like any of the uh staff aides for congress and or you know the supreme court are just there to help the court they're not there to influence anyone outside the court or do any like, like weird work outside of that um and for Sotomayor to do this, it's kind of outside the, the chain of operation. And it's like, why are you doing that? And also, it's something to mention that, once again, she has that salary of $285,000. She got a advance of $1.2 million for this book. Um, it's an autobiography. I should have another ready, but it's in one ear and out the other. It, it, you know, it's a book about her, whatever. Um, and she's made at least $3.7 million dollars. Uh, since she took her position on the high court in 2009. Um, so, I mean, it's one of the things where I can completely understand, like, hey, you definitely want to push this book. You want to make some fucking money. Um, but it's supposed to happen naturally. You're not supposed to be having your staff hit up these, you know, libraries and say, hey, uh, you're going to have Sotomayor at your library soon. And everyone needs to have a copy of her book. Like, that's just a fact. They're coming to see her. They have a book in hand for her to sign, don't they? So you got to have the copies. And they're like, we have a set of copies. And they're like, no, you need more copies. Also, there was times where staffers were pushing for venues that were bigger, thus to milk more people to have books to, you know, obviously sell to. Um, essentially, just putting more onus on these, you know, librarians or libraries, sorry, um, you know, in places that are like, you know, housing the event to be like, hey, you got to have these books. You got to make sure you buy all these books. Um, and that being said, it, this isn't for me to go like, oh, see, like, 
oh, Sotomayor, you are so bad. But it's it, it helps for me. It helps illuminate why, because I've talked about this before, how much how much of an annoyance it is that like when we had the conversation earlier this year about oh, we need to have more ethics, more oversight over the Supreme Court, and. We had a unanimous decision from the Supreme Court saying, no, no, the fuck you don't need to do that. And I, I was like, but wait, like, we're supposed to, like, we should be seeing, like, the supermajority cut here, right? Like, there should be at least three people saying, like, no, we do need some oversight. Like, that does make sense. But it's like, no, 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 they think that's against what the Supreme Court is. And I've said this before and I'll say it again. Maybe I'm wrong. You know, I'm just a guy who just made it out of high school and that's it. Like, look, you can come for me all you fucking want. I get it. But I feel like there should be checks and balances to all of it, right? Like, that's the whole purpose. And if you can see a glaring error now looking at the Supreme Court, because we've, you know, I will gladly go to town talking shit about Clarence Thomas, Alito, Gorsuch, all these motherfuckers who also have book deals and shit like that and are also milking the fucking goddamn fucking cow here. Like, the difference here for them, I think it's easier because you have conservative backers who are gladly willing to be like, oh, yeah, no, we'll gl- we'll, gl- we'll buy so many of your books and they'll pass them out. Oh, th- oh, did you enjoy your dinner? Here's a book for your, go-. like, a little, like, part of their swag bag. Like, this shit is automatic. It's easy for them. So I understand. It's almost like I feel bad for Sotomayor that she's got to go and do her own fucking pushing. You know what I mean? <laughs> I feel a little bad for our queen here. But uh, you also got to call that shit out. You know what I mean? Um, it, it's a bummer that the, the setup is what it is. I wish there was some some more reform. Um, I mean, granted, there has been a little bit. And we'll see, you know, down the line in the future you know, if, you know, our Supreme Court justices tighten up a little bit, but I'm sure they'll get their little vacations, their little trips, they'll just front the bill a little bit more, but we'll see, we'll see, we'll see. Uh, That's all I got for today. Thank you so much for tuning in for this little bit of a rough ride, but uh, I thank you so much for, you know, going A to B with me, A to Z, A to Z, yeah, we went all the way. Uh, I got a show real quick, patreon.com, news. if you'd like to support the effort, you become a newsie, I shout you out at the top of the month, say your name, you know, plug a project, also, if you'd like to send any feedback, I do have a podcast email, isanews1 at gmail.com, also, all the socials are greenlit, you can hit me up, the DMs are open, you can follow... Also, shout out to all the um, new YouTube subscribers. Thank you so much. Um, also, hopefully you guys checked out the little short. I know it's not like anything special. It's it's literally just a normal episode, but just not long. <laughs> but um, hopefully you like that. Um, you know, I'm trying to chop it up all the time. I'm trying to talk, 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 talk. But uh, thank you so much for tuning in. Thank you so much for being a friend. Hopefully I see you soon for some more good news. I love you. Bye-bye. Mwah.